Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last minute tickets to sports, concerts, and all types of shows. My favorite thing about the GameTime app is just how easy it is to use. With only a few taps, you can save loads of money, especially when you're taking your whole family to the game. Well, now GameTime is hooking you up for the holidays with $10 credit. Here's what to do. Download the GameTime app in the Google Play or App Store. Click on the My Ticket section of the app, create an account, then under the billing section, redeem code THEATHLETIC. Once again, that's THEATHLETIC, all one word, for $10 off your first purchase. That's free money, people. Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code and expires at the end of the year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You're now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, and Ted Wynn on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, ready to break down the finale of the Oakland Raiders season. A 16-15 loss to the Denver Broncos uh, came down to a two-point conversion. Uh, but by that point, uh, the playoffs had already been ruled out of the equation. Uh, Tennessee Titans defeated the Houston Texans earlier in the day, and then also the Indianapolis Colts lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And so uh, this was not this wasn't a two point conversion to try to send the Raiders to the playoffs or anything, but uh, it was a loss that uh, ended their season at seven and nine. And guys, uh, just just kind of how do you how do you evaluate this final loss? Um, you know. Obviously, it goes on the ledger for Derek Carr as uh, as another loss in cold weather, but uh, 391 yards. Uh, the offense played pretty darn well for for a lot of the game in the first half, but uh, some some big time mistakes that that kept them off the board and really uh, ultimately changed the, the tone of this game. Yeah, I thought Derek was okay. I thought the numbers were a little inflated. I just think, um, like you mentioned, they had a lot of chances to score early on, didn't take advantage of it. There were some bad calls went against them. But uh, I think Derek made enough mistakes and enough things where people look at it and wonder if he's going to be the guy in the future. I think those questions are valid. So to me, um, again, the, the whole 1-10 one, one in 10 when the temperature is 45 or less, I think it's not really a fair stat, but it is what it is. And I think um, – yeah, I think he could have done more. I think they should have won this game. I think that's uh, probably ultimately on both the officials and on, and on Derek. Yeah, I, I don't want to put this totally on Derek, but you know, to dispel that whole notion that he can't play in cold weather, he 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 has to be able to have a, a really good game in, in a cold weather game, especially one that matters as much or could have mattered. Uh, but he he was off this game. I, I thought he was off target on a few throws. That, that was a big miss to Renfro early in the. Early in the game, was Renfro was wide open down the sideline, and uh, he overthrew him. Uh, there was another miss where Renfro was running a dig. He threw it behind Renfro as a drop, but it could have been probably a 15, 20-yard gain if you put it on the money. And um, there was another miss towards the second half. I don't know if you guys remember it. Um, I, I can't... I can't. I can't put my my finger on it, but there was another miss before the second half. So he his placement was just off today, uh, and then he had that odd throwaway on third down as well. Yeah, there were two plays he mentioned where where he um, he said the ball kind of got away from him. Like he kind of mentioned the altitude, 
And he said that, like, the one to Renfro and also one to Waller on the sideline, you tried to, like, ease it in there, but both kind of went a little uh, farther than he planned. The, kind of the, the altitude in the air kind of takes cold balls away from every game. And those two he wishes he had back. But he said he tried to let up on them, and they kind of just both carried just enough where they wouldn't uh, be caught. Yeah, I mean, the Renfro play w- was killer because, I mean, he they got the the defense got the stop, uh, you know, starts the game off, and the offense moving down, and it looks like, you know, looks like they're going to be in position to score, and you, you run the right play. I mean, those are the ones that I think frustrate you the most, probably as as a play caller, as an offense in general. When you you make the right call, you run the perfect play, you get the guy wide open, and and you just don't, you just don't connect. And then obviously it's compounded when Daniel Carlson, who is uh, Really, uh, probably the last half of the season has kind of brought his future into question uh, when he goes out and misses the field goal, which uh, you just you, you can't you can't be missing those kind of field goals, and he's missed uh, far too many of them this year lately. Yeah, I'm sure they'll bring somebody in to at least compete with him uh, next season. But uh, you know, they're very high on him, but definitely, I think he's in his own head at this point where he's kind of questioning things he's doing. I think he's just, all kickers go through these things at times, but for him. It's kind of a second bout with, with struggles. He got cut by the Vikings, so you, you hope that he kind of gets it figured out. But I think definitely enough misses his last two months where they got to bring somebody in to at least compete with him. Yeah, and finding a, a kicker is tough. It just seems like they're pretty scarce these days with the, a lot of bad kicking going around the NFL. So I, I'd imagine Carlson will probably um, get another chance. But like you said, they'll probably bring in some, uh, somebody in to compete. But I, I can't imagine they, they find somebody kind of out of nowhere. Uh, but did, did anybody ask Carr about that third down uh, play where it looked like he could have scrambled for some yards or maybe even waited until Renfro got open, but he ended up just throwing grounding the ball? I'm trying to think, what, what was that? Remind me when that was in the game. I believe that was, that was third down. Yeah, it was that third down play. Um, I think it was third quarter. Was third I know quarter, after yeah. the sack, he, got that, he had that really bad hit where he got kind of sacked from behind. It hurt his ankle in that play. And after that point, both he and Gruden said that his mobility definitely was affected. Like, after that point, he was kind of just hanging in there, kind of, but his ankle was kind of messed up. So I know he wasn't moving very well after, the, after that sack. I think that was kind of midway or late in the third quarter. So it definitely affected him. Yeah, yeah this was before that. Um, it was that, you know, the play where they, they I think it was a corner came off the, the edge. And uh, kind of after the play, he was kind of like pointing. Like, I don't know if he was saying Colton Miller was supposed to have picked it up. But, oh, yeah, you know, the guy really was coming right. off, yeah, the guy was coming off the edge. And, you know, I mean, he was he was starting to breathe down on him a little bit. I know on, on the broadcast they were kind of talking like he could have ran. I don't, I mean, the, the defender was gaining on him pretty good. I don't think Carr... Um, was going to be able to turn on the Jets enough to run for the first down. But it did look like like Renfro, I think he was running maybe an out route. It looked like Renfro was close enough to to maybe, you know, cutting the route out where he might have broken open. And it, it seemed like, I mean, it, it's it's a play I think fans are killing him the most for on, on Twitter. It, it was a play that it seemed like he gave up on it too soon. And, you know, we've seen these plays here and there. You know, and, and I, I mean, obviously it's a tough deal that – you know, you you can you can do whatever you do throughout a game, and and the way it is with quarterbacks is you get judged on one play, and especially with Derek Carr right now, people judge him on plays where he where they perceive he gives up on it too soon, and uh, that one definitely did look like he gave up on it too early. 
Yeah, I agree. It was a bad look. And those are the kind of plays that when you people are trying to figure out what John Gruden's going to do with Derek Carr going forward, those are the kind of plays I think that stick with the coaching staff and kind of the bugging. Like that one, the intentional grounding play was a really bad play by Derek. So I think those kind of calls where Derek is already in his mind so determined not to turn the ball over and not take a chance where he's like, okay, you know what? This play's breaking down way too fast. I got to throw it away. And those are the kind of ones they wish he would wait another second or two and either make a play or don't, don't get so excited to spike the ball there. So I think that that's one of the things that the growing pains are still going through as far as Derek and, and the coaching staff. Yeah, and we talked about it before the game where, you know, uh, I, you even wrote an article about it, Jimmy, where this was the game, a game where it was set up for Carr to have a, a big test at the end of the year and uh, it'd be a good evaluation piece for uh, for the coaching staff, and I, I think they have to come away a little underwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, he he didn't play terrible. Um, you know, he obviously statistically put up some good numbers. I mean, I thought I thought all in all he gave them chances to win. Um, but it you know, when you have when you have drives where you get to get a seventy five yard pass to Darren Waller and you don't score. Um, you know, you don't get in the end zone. When you have a, a driver, you get that big run from DeAndre Washington, you don't get in the end zone. Um, it, you know, this, this wasn't a loss that I would sit there and, and pin on Derek Carr, obviously. Um, but it's, you know, there are a couple plays that he could have been better and, and could have helped, uh, help them win. So, I mean, it, it, it's a tough evaluation game. I don't think it, it destroyed him going into the off season, but, um, certainly playing the tick better and, I mean, heck, if they get that two-point conversion, all of a sudden we're talking about he his his final moment of the season was leading the Raiders on a game-winning drive, and, and that's great momentum going into the offseason. Um, so, I, I don't know. Do, do we let a two-point conversion attempt that, that failed? Does, how much does that color us going into the offseason? I, I don't know. I mean, it was... It wasn't a terrible game, but it, it wasn't the uh, you know the definitive statement that he maybe had a chance to make. And I think the, the car supporters, you know, if you go on social media, it's all people who hate car and all the car supporters. It's probably more in the favor of the haters right now. But I think the supporters will, will point out, and again, we, we made this point a few times, that his receivers have changed so much this year, and there's not a lot there to begin with. And uh, a guy like Darren Waller, I thought it was funny when Vic Fangio was asked, hey, how'd you guys, you know, uh, slow down Darren Waller. He had 100 yards in the first quarter and six in the last three quarters. What'd you guys do? He's like, actually, Von Miller was doing so well in the pass rush. He was getting you know, pressure every time. They had to take Waller and bring him back and have him chip and have him help block Von Miller. So really, they took themselves out of it. They actually had to use Darren Waller a different way. And that's why he had the numbers he did the last three quarters. So I think it's just for Derek Carr's survival, they had to bring Darren Waller back in the block. So that right there, you lose your top receiver. Tyrell Williams tried to play when, like John Green said, it was not a factor, so they stopped playing him. His foot wasn't behaving, wasn't acting up. So, again, right there, you lose two of your top guys, and Hunter Renfro is his you know, main target. And I think Zay Jones had a couple of catches, but um, really not a lot there for a quarterback to work with. Yeah, I definitely don't put this loss on, on Derek Carr. Uh, but, you know, you just want to see that game where he just comes out and just dominates and and uh carries his team for for a win and we just haven't seen that Derek Carr in a while and I, I think that that's gonna leave a little sour taste in the mouth of uh Raider Nation but I mean how much yeah I mean how much is that how much is that on Carr I mean and how much is that does the coaching staff kind of want those kind of games where the coach where the quarterback just takes over I mean isn't isn't a large part of their 
what they drill into Derek, like you're going to, you know, I mean, I know they, they want him to be able to make plays when stuff breaks down. Um, but I mean, they also have drilled into him, you know, protecting the ball. So I, I mean, I think part of this, you know, any criticism of Carr is, has got to go on the coaching staff too. Just, you know, you, you, there are things that they've probably drilled into him that has him maybe thinking too much out there. Yeah, I don't think by any means this is a slam dunk, easy decision for the coaching staff. I think there's definitely a lot of things about Derek they like. He's definitely improved a lot this year as far as what they want. He's moved around better in, you know, in the pocket. He's getting out and making more athletic plays. So I think there's definitely a lot of positives from this year. But I think to me, and this is just me talking, they haven't told me this per, per, per se, but I think the three or four plays a game where he just totally kills them, like the thing like they mentioned, the, the, you know, the, the ball he threw away and that called for him um, for grounding and you mentioned the, the third and three play where he, those kind of plays there's, like, there's a handful of plays that the throws he misses that really really stick under, you know get under their skin so I think those are the problems and those are the reasons why they'll move on if they indeed do not the overall I think overall there's definitely enough there to work with but I think that what's going to come down to is what's the plan like you need a plan to replace him he's, he's good enough where you don't just get rid of him and get anybody else you got to have a plan but what, who we can get that's better than Derek Carr. So that's going to be the issue, I think, this offseason. So I think that by no means they are they dying to get rid of him, but I think there's also enough there that they're going to look around and see what, what they can do. Yeah, I mean, I think what's tricky here is that, I mean, like you said, Derek Carr's a good NFL quarterback. I, I don't, you know, fans may argue otherwise, but I, I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot disputing that he's, I mean, he's a starting caliber NFL quarterback. He's, you know, if the Raiders move on for him from him, somebody else is going to pick him up and, and insert him as their starter. But it, yeah, you know, and and I think if you in a different era, I think he he's a guy that you would probably feel really comfortable with. But it just seems like nowadays there's so many guys out there that are just capable of of making things happen when there's nothing out there for him. And you know, what do we keep saying about Carr? Well, he needs more weapons. We need to do this. And and at some point, you you kind of need a quarterback who can say, all right, it doesn't matter what weapons I have. You know, you need protection, obviously. That's one thing. But um, some guys are able to to just find success with um, whoever they're left out there with. And, I mean, it's not like the Raiders haven't tried to give him weapons. We all know what they tried to give him at receiver. And um, beyond just A.B., I mean, they, they signed a big-money guy in, in Tyrell Williams. Um, but, you know, it just it, – I don't know. I just – I think – I think there are so many quarterbacks out there nowadays that just find a way to make plays happen that that is, if they move on from him, that will be the temptation. It will be the, to just to find somebody that can do something a little bit different. But those guys aren't available on, on the free agent market. Those guys are usually available at the top of the draft. And nothing in, in John Green's history says he's going to start a rookie quarterback. So I think that's the other part of the issue is, like, you may get one of those guys you can bring along, but I can't see John drafting somebody in the first round and, and plugging him in right away. It doesn't seem like the kind of coach he is. So I think, you know, then you have to figure out the veteran guy. So is you going to bring in another veteran guy to compete? So, I mean, again, I think it's wide open. I think there's no one who knows what's going to happen, not even John. So it'll definitely be one of the big storylines this offseason. Yeah, and, you know, just moving on to, to another story that, you know, Hunter Renfro has just been – Really impressive ever since he came back. Had another 100-yard game today uh, and had touchdown and even had that little lateral to uh, Marcel Aitman. Um, so, I mean, he's not a guy that's going to get you 100 yards game in and game out, but just to have that ability uh, to have a, hundred, a couple 100-yard games, especially since, you know, you brought it up where he, he never had it, had one. In, did he say he never had one in high school or just never right. had one in college or, or, yet? Or college, yeah, both. Yeah, so just just pretty impressive, and you you know just another P 
piece for the Raiders uh, moving forward. He had to at least have a hundred yard game in one of those like Thanksgiving games with his thirty cousins or whatever, right? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. I mean, keep stats, maybe. But um... uh, I, I still can't believe that he never had one in high school. I mean, how does a guy who ends up at Clemson, like, I mean, I know he started there as a walk on, but I just I can't believe a guy ends up in the NFL who never had. Plus, was, wasn't he a quarterback game. for a while in high school? Yeah, that's that's right. Remember, he was. Yeah, they were an option option quarterback. That's right. He said he had a lot of ninety. Uh, he said he had some ninety games in both high school and college, but never got over the hump. He said he had a couple of nineties at Clemson, and maybe one or two in high school, but never got over the hump until until last week, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, another kind of positive development: DeAndre Washington, second straight game of of being the you know the leading running back, and obviously this could be his last game as a Raider. You know, he's he's a free agent, but um, I think he in these last two games showed enough that. Uh, the Raiders probably want him back, and if they don't bring him back, um, I don't, I don't think anybody's signing him as like, okay, you're our starter. But uh, he definitely earned himself a, a job somewhere, and uh, you know, probably, probably bumped himself up maybe another million or, or so uh, with these last couple weeks because he showed, hey, he finally showed that if you need me, I can, I can carry the load. I mean, not just the 17 carries for 77 yards, but targeted eight times, catches all eight targets for 55 yards, and uh, that was a nice little contribution for this offense. Yeah, I think he's definitely an NFL running back. I think they maybe, I don't know if anybody doubted that the last couple of years, but I think he's shown definitely he belongs in the NFL, whether it's on the Raiders or somewhere else. I know Jalen Rashard got hurt today. I didn't get an update on his uh, ankle injury, but I know he didn't play the rest of the way, and well, that was one of the reasons John said he went for two points at the end because he's running out of guys. He said, you know, Tyrell Williams and Jalen Richard, and he lost two linebackers in Nicholas Morrow and, uh, and Will Compton. So he said he had to go for two points because he had nobody left to play. Well, and I think we can all thank him for that. I, I don't think uh, with with the playoffs out of out of uh, the question, I don't think anybody was ready to watch overtime there. I want to see Derek Carr uh, put a stamp on this thing, like a big touchdown in overtime and kind of shut up all the hitters on Twitter. <laughs> Two-point conversion could have done that. <laughs> I couldn't even finish saying that without laughing. Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, any any other final? And, and think about Derek. Derek definitely hears the noise. He says he doesn't hear it and doesn't, doesn't read all the stuff, but you know he does. And he mentioned in the two-point conversion how um, Renfro was wide open. It was a perfect play, and he threw a nice pass. And you know, Shelby Harris made a great play. He's like, you know what? I'll probably blame me for that, too. He's, you know, so he's just he, – Obviously, he's holding head a little bit, and I think he definitely is aware that uh, I may be. I obviously, he got booed at home, so he knows that the fan base is turning on him a little bit. But um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I think he definitely is uh, trying to doubt his future here, which is um, never good. Any 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 final thoughts you guys have off of this game, or, or just kind of uh, just how this season ended for this team? Only Max Crosby, one and a half sacks. He has 10 yeah, in the year. He's 10. I know a lot of Raider fans are delighting and telling me he has more sacks than Khalil Mack. I know some Raiders officials were giggling during the game that he had more sacks than uh, Khalil Mack. So definitely a huge building block for this team. I think, you know, you mentioned Renfro already. So, and Josh Jacobs, so these rookies have just been phenomenal. I think it's, you know, probably, I'm, I'm sure it's the best draft class in the league. So definitely when Gruden talks about building blocks and, being excited about the future, it's, it's definitely about these rookies. I think that's definitely a big reason why you can uh, look ahead and kind of uh, think good things are on the horizon. Yeah, and, and Crosby had he, – he slowly got better and better against the run. And I thought this was his best game against the run. He had a, uh, a couple uh, TFLs in his game, including that one-and-a-half sacks that got him over – got him to double digits. Uh, I, I thought Trayvon Mullen played a pretty strong game today, even though he got called for that pass interference, which was kind of dicey. 
Uh, so yeah, I mean, rookie class is shining, and there, there are some definite potential there for guys that could be stars down the line. Um, and I, I think one more thing, you know, the the fans probably want to talk about is today. You know, like I don't. There there are some games where fans complain about the officiating, where I'm like, eh, you know, it it, it could have went either way. But I felt like this game was the Raiders got screwed pretty badly on some calls. Yeah, I mean the the Renfro touchdown that was overturned. I I I just didn't see it. I, I don't know. I don't. I it didn't seem like there was enough there to overturn it. And I mean, the next play, Ingold. I'm pretty. You know, I can say with you know 99% probability that he got into the end zone. It looked like he did, but I understand that there was no video video evidence uh, that he did. So I get that one. I knew that one wasn't going to get overturned. But uh, it didn't seem like there was enough visual evidence to overturn Hunter Renfro's touchdown. I think that should have been uh, six on the board already, and that fourth down stuff of uh, Ingold should have never happened. I mean, you figure, you factor in these calls today. Say they got one of the two calls, and they win today's game, and the call against Derek Carr in the Jacksonville game, so they win that game. And then you got the Tyrell Williams drops in Houston. This team could be, uh, well, they could be uh, 10, and, <laughs> 10, and 10 and 6. <laughs> what are you drinking, I mean, Vic? <laughs> I don't know. I'm Mike will, but um, but uh, I'm just saying that the margin of, is always so thin in these games, and like, and you can t- be talking about Derek Carr in the playoffs right now, as opposed to Derek Carr, you know, not knowing what his future is going to be in Las Vegas. Yeah, it seems like there's just so many self-inflicted mistakes, though, that you know, it, it comes down to these these kind of crucial plays and calls. Um, but it, it seems like the Raiders could avoid it if they could somehow getting over get get over hurting themselves all the time yeah i mean it and i think you know it's it's true that team better teams get tend to get better calls and that's partially just because you know there there is some kind of i don't know i i mean i'm not saying that like refs are out to just always give the bad teams the bad calls but i think you know, teams that they're kind of used to playing disciplined, sound football, they they probably give a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt to than than teams that kind of have that reputation and kind of have, you know, the, the history of uh, of you know playing a little bit reckless at times. Well, this was uh, this was the final game as the Oakland Raiders, and you know, I think that's one of those things that you kind of knew going in, but you know, as as the game kind of wound up and, you know, it kind of started hitting me a little more. Like, and I don't think it'll, it'll really hit me until week one next year, just mostly because, you know, the Raiders are still going to do their offseason program in Oakland. Um, we're still going to see them. But I, I think when week one rolls around and, uh, and uh, you know, I, I'm sitting here in uh, in the Bay Area and there's no, uh, there's no Raider game going on, that will be, uh, that will hit a little bit uh, different. But yeah, the, uh, it is the end of an era and that is a little bit weird. Yeah, I think definitely people ask me about today, I mean, it's the whole Broncos-Raiders thing, and the rivalry will change. And it'll change, but I think all these players have kind of already moved on in, in their minds where they're kind of – the team's been focused on Vegas for a while. So I think that all that stuff kind of went out the window when they played at home a few weeks ago. I think mean, that was kind of the, when it really hit home. But I think right now they're, they're clearly the Las Vegas Raiders going forward, and I think, um, yeah, I think they're excited about that as far as like we mentioned the young players they have on board. Yeah, uh, yeah, I felt like everybody kind of said their goodbye in that last home game with the crazy craziness after the game, the nachos and that kind of <laughs> deal. And you cookies, know, we didn't know there was yeah. about the cookie until we went down there. Somebody threw their med- medication on the field, like it was it was crazy. But and you know, and and they have that that video of the the new stadium almost done. So I, f- I feel like the the page is turned, and uh, the stadium looks great, by the way, from that that video. 
yeah no i mean it's uh it's gonna be a palace um it'll be uh you know it, it'll it'll be a new era um you know and i'll uh I'll, I'll watch from afar and see how it's like i know a lot of you know I, I threw it out there for a lot of questions and everyone wants to ask all of us kind of what how are we gonna keep covering this team and you know i think we'll as plans are figured out we'll announce that i mean i i can say i know i mean I, i'm the managing editor here in the bay area that's where i'm at so uh you know that is my primary role so i i won't be in vegas or anything um yeah i, I don't know exactly how we'll uh you know what'll happen with the podcast but but we'll still have uh you know we'll still have cover raiders coverage uh coming at you from the athletic and we'll kind of announce those plans as they all get figured out you know a lot of these things haven't really haven't really been addressed or figured out yet but um i wanted to get to a few more questions and and thoughts and reflections from other fans as this season wraps up um got one here starting from benjamin herman here's he here's the other side of of raiders twitter there is it's not all anti Derek carr um Der, uh, Benjamin says, in Derek Carr, we have a B-plus, A-minus quarterback on a team-friendly contract. He has no wideouts to throw to this year. Gruden wanted him to be risk-averse. We have a stud rookie class and primo picks in the next draft. People calling for Carr's ouster are nuts. Patience. What do you guys think? Well, I get that, but I also get the people who say it's been six years and, you know, and they want to see Derek take that step already. I mean, he was really good in 2016, got hurt. Took a step back. I think he's gotten better since since, uh, since last season. But again, the things you see, you still see the same things as far as the grounding of the ball and some of the really bad mistakes. So I think those are ideally should have been smoothed out by now. That'd be the the main complaint by uh, the other half of the fans. So I get it. I think definitely you can look at it both ways. If you, um, I mean, people send me video clips of all his mistakes and. And the guys he's missed are wide open. But you also, if they took time, could find some great throws. You know, he's made the one of Joe Richard earlier this year in tight windows. He definitely has a big time arm, and I think you could definitely probably find as many plays that are positive as are negative. But that's not the way people people go. So I think that um, I think it is wide open. I, I understand that fans are on both sides, and you know, it's going to be a crazy off season. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good take because I just don't see him ascending to being one of those top tier quarterbacks and, you know, the Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson type of range. But if he has the, some weapons and a better defense, he can, can win some games. And uh, I, I think he could be a solid tier two, two quarterback, but you know, on a team without a defense that needs the offense to score a lot, every, every game, uh, he's just not going to satisfy fans in that type of way. So I, I think that's a pretty solid take. Man, as I'm going through these questions, uh, it feels like 30, 40% of them are related to uh, who's going to be covering the Raiders next year in Vegas. Uh, but uh, like I said, we, we will get to that. Stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned. Um, as I mentioned, I won't be in Vegas, um, but we'll see what happens uh, in terms of our coverage. Uh, TJ Gordon asks, uh, did the Raiders make as many steps forward as we should have hoped? Is drafting a quarterback or potential number one receiver the priority in the draft? And should Carr stop building his house in Vegas? Um, I think they made some decent steps forward. I mean, to they established some guys that you want to build around in Crosby and Waller and Renfro, um, you know, the they've they've got some building pieces they need a lot more but i think they they made you know some some solid steps forward by at least building this rookie class obviously josh jacobs uh alec ingold um i mean they got they've got some pieces now whereas last year you know we were looking at a roster that didn't have almost anybody that you expected to be around in in four or five years 
Yeah, last year they had no pass rush and a really bad run defense. This year they were you know, in decent, mediocre run defense, and Max Crosby emerged, and you know, Farrell showed some flashes. And I think um, they got and Trayvon Mullen, a guy who I think can be a true number one cornerback, whereas last year people were trying to sell me on Gary and Conley. I never really saw that one, so I think there really is some hope there at corner. He may have gotten a top guy. And then, you know, they kept teasing us with Isaiah Johnson, like, oh, he's going to play this week. Oh, we want to see what he can do. But really, they weren't confident in, enough in him. They, Nevin Lawson played pretty well the last two games. And they, they thought, uh, you know, with something on the line, these playoffs were on the line, apparently, though. They need to play the, the guy, Lawson, the veteran, over the young guy, which I don't really understand. But, I mean, I, get, I guess I, I get their logic, but I think it's faulty. But, uh, again, I think Isaiah Johnson's a guy they like a lot. And I'll have to wait next year to see if he can be the number two guy. Yeah, I think they definitely made a lot of progress as a team. I think what may have happened is they expectations went up when AB was here and then went back down when he was gone. It went back up when they started winning some games. It went back down when they started losing some games. It went back up when there was a small playoff hope and they disappointed. Uh, so, so they definitely improved. It's just I think the ups and downs with the, the, the expectations and disappointments kind of made it seem worse than it is. But there, there's, there's definitely some things to work with, especially with this rookie class. You know, and as we look toward what they will do with the draft, and obviously that's going to be a huge focus of this offseason, um, we do have the, uh, the the draft order now. They will select at number 12 overall and number 19 overall. The 19 overall is their pick from the Bears, uh, so they uh, they won't have a second-round pick. That goes to Chicago, but um, so they end up giving up the number 44 overall pick goes to Chicago um, in the second round there, but... Um, they pick at 12 and 19, so two top 20 picks, which uh, that's that's pretty good capital, um, both to add two starters, two hopeful impact players, or it's good capital if you really fall in love with somebody and want to move up. Yeah, I think you just take the top receiver. I'll tell you, take the pass rusher, the first pick, and if it's a deep receiving class, take the best receiver available at 19, and your team's a lot better. I mean, I think that would be two huge guys they can add and really build off what they've kind of started this year. Yeah, I think they could get, I mean, potentially those two spots seem like they can get the two Oklahoma guys that I think the Raiders are looking at, C.D. Lamb, uh, wide receiver from Oklahoma, and Kenneth Murray, the, uh, the explosive linebacker, to finally get a playmaker on a second level that, of the defense. So, yeah, they're, 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 in, um, they're in position to add a couple quality players. All right, question here from Politics Raider. What was the reason for the constant second-half struggles? Why did Zay Jones not get many targets? Why did Mayoa stop getting sacks? Why is Joyner used only as a slot corner, and he appears to only be an average slot corner? Um, I mean, the second-half struggles, what What was the stat? I think 25 points or whatever in, in the third quarter all season, or 27 points, I think, in the third quarter all season. That's... I mean, that that's not a good reflection on the coaching staff, really, when you consider that the third quarter is typically about which coaching staff makes the best adjustments. Right, and I think teams also find ways to take away during Waller at times. We mentioned there wasn't a lot of um, a lot of playmakers on, on, on a receiver. I think Zay Jones, a guy I suppose Zay Jones. Zay Jones, for whatever reason, he and Derek never really had that chemistry going. I think he had a couple catches today. But um, he was open at times, but I'm not sure that ever the, the trust was there or he really had – any kind of playmaking ability once he made a catch. There was never any yak for Zay Jones. So I think that's just a guy who kind of filled a, filled a spot, really. And then uh, who else do you ask about? Uh, Larkers Joyner. We wrote about that. Just I think he was misused all year. And really, he's back next year. That means he's making a lot of money next year. So they got to figure a way to get more out of him. He was a big defensive free agent signing, and they really didn't 
didn't make any plays. And so I think that's a, a big priority for the offseason to make sure they figure out how to get more out of him. Mayoa, any thoughts on why he his production oh, Deion, Deion Jordan took his snaps. When Deion Jordan came, uh, he just was better against the run. He could move more inside. He was more flexible. So I think I think Mayoa you know, played well in spurts early on, got those sacks. But I think just in terms of the overall production they wanted, I think they definitely wanted a guy that could trust more in the run game. And I think uh, and the guy was a little sturdier. So I think Deion Jordan kind of, kind of took his snaps. I, I think with Zay Jones, I think one thing um... – Carr, you know, spends so much time in, in the offseason. He loves being able to get together with the receivers in the offseason and really build that chemistry. I think he's a guy that is not really the, the kind of receiver that you can drop a, a new receiver into them into him at midseason and just say, okay, go, just go and, and, and do it. I, I, it seems like he's a guy that really likes to get in those practice reps with a guy, and, and until he's really had that, that significant time with a, with a guy, it doesn't seem like he – uh, is going to be able to build up that trust enough to immediately just say, okay, Zay Jones is, is here. I'm going to start throwing him the ball. Yeah, I agree. That's pretty much what I was going to say. Like he, for Carr, he really needs to get trust with the wide receiver to build some chemistry. And uh, I don't think Zay Jones is going to be a guy that's just going to, you know, challenge for a thousand yards every season. I think at best he might be a, a guy that could get you maybe seven, 800 yards a season. Uh, so, yeah, I don't. He's not a world beater, and he just didn't really gain that trust with Carr. Uh, I think Myoa had some. He capitalized on some uh, easy opportunities for sacks early in the season, and I, I think the Raiders knew that. They they knew he wasn't a le- legit double digit sack guy, whereas Deion Jordan might have a chance to be a legit a legitimate double a digit sack guy. All right, well, final question before we wrap up here. It comes to us from uh, Hostetler's Mustache. Uh, which Raiders free agent has the best chance to be re-signed? Which Raiders free agent has the best chance to be re-signed? Uh, what are my options? I'm trying to think. I think DeAndre Washington. I mean, DeAndre Washington would seem like a, a, a decent candidate to me. I mean, I, I think they liked what he was able to do. And since you, you go into next year knowing that you have your starting running back already in place, if you can – kind of go to a guy that you kind of feel like is a is a pretty reliable backup already um i could see them trying to to bring him back yeah that's a good call but i think the the jump from a rookie contract to a veteran contract for a running back is a little steep and i'm sure they can i'm not really sure what he'll will he'll uh, earn in the market but um yeah it's a good call i'm trying to think well i think will compton may have earned a small shot back they definitely were a lot better once he took over the green dot the last three weeks i think he won't be very expensive um, who else is there? Um, Deion Jordan, I think, is, is yeah, the guy Deion that they Jordan want to bring be back. A, he'll be in Las Vegas for sure. Incognito. Right. Incognito. That's probably the big one. Yeah. That's probably the most obvious one is Richie. Well, Carl Joseph, you think he – I think I think there's a chance. I mean, I don't think he'll get be real hot – I don't think he'll be a real hot free agent. I think they liked what he did before he got injured. So if, if he could get a reasonable contract and nobody's going to offer him a huge contract elsewhere, I, I can see him coming back. Yeah, I think they love I think they love Carl as a person. I think they love the way he kind of fought to earn a role when they first came in. They weren't really in love with him, but I think he's still too short in their eyes. So I think they, he might come back, but I wouldn't be very confident. I think he doesn't quite fit their defense at his height. So I think it would require um, a, a bargain deal on the market. I mean, if they got a good price to bring him back, but if you got any kind of decent offer in the market, which I think he will, I think he played well enough where I'll get some interest from teams. Remember him being a top college prospect. So I think... In my opinion, I think he'll probably get more than they're willing to pay him. 
Yeah, and I think he, he's, yeah, like you said, he's flashed enough that somebody is going to say, hey, I, I like him, and he fits what I do, what our defense does a little bit better. And, I mean, they're, they're going to go into next season thinking about, okay, we're bringing Jonathan Abram back and um, and, and kind of feeling good about what he's going to bring to the safety position. And, and maybe they decide LaMarcus Joyner fits better there and they get him more action at safety and they've got Eric Harris and whatnot. So, to me, it doesn't seem like they'll view that as a huge need with Abram coming back from injury and um, I, I would, if I were to, to guess, it feel like he's probably uh, playing elsewhere just because somebody offers him a, a decent deal and he uh, he moves on. But all right, guys, this was uh, it's our final post game podcast uh, of this era of Raiders football. Um, you know, I, I would imagine we'll have uh, some more shows through uh, through the off season, at least uh, at least while the Raiders are still here in the Bay Area, and then uh, we'll kind of figure out all the uh, the plans going forward as this team heads to Vegas. But uh, it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun all year breaking down these games. Uh, the games haven't always been uh, as much fun as some of you guys would like, but uh, it's always fun talking about them and, uh, and reading your guys' questions and seeing what you guys have to say. Yeah, be a lot of content next to, at least online, as far as stories next two weeks. I know we have a big... Uh... NFL Blitz looking ahead towards things, look back and try to figure out what went, what went wrong this season. So should be a lot of stories the next two weeks, kind of the bridge, the gap between the season and, and the offseason. Yeah, and, and it, they're not moving away just yet, so we will continue to cover them. Yeah, the draft. I mean, I, I don't know how exactly the draft will work for the Raiders just because uh, they will still be headquartered in Oakland, but the draft is itself being held in Vegas. So, uh I, yeah, I wonder where uh, Gruden and Mayock will uh, will set up for the draft. It almost feels like since the draft is in Vegas that they might have to have their presence in Vegas. So, uh, Vic, I'm sure, will be there. My guess would be that the, the war will, my guess is the war will be in Alameda, and instead of having yeah. the players fly in for the press conference the next day, you fly Gruden and Mayock out to Vegas the next day for the press conference. That's my guess. Hmm. Okay. Okay. They can get on a – yeah, they can get a quick flight, and then they got to get back for – yeah. Could be, could be, yeah. We'll uh, we'll see. But if it's in Oakland, I'll be there. If it's in Vegas, uh, somebody will be there. <laughs> somebody. We don't know who. We're not saying who yet. We don't know yet. I'm not gonna tell you. Uh, but somebody will be there. Yeah. All right. Well, for one last time, the Oakland Raiders are no more. They lost to the Denver Broncos 16-15 today, and uh, that'll do it for this week's final post-game episode of the Oakland era of State of the Nation. Happy New Year, you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs>